The IDP Pros Podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com backslash pool. That's birddogs.com backslash pool. The IDP Pro Players Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers in professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here's your veteran, infamous No Dirty O in season and senior IDP pros, Johnny the Greek and Gary, the IDP tipster, coming off the edge as always with their deepest standard league NFL defensive takes. Welcome back to the IDP Pros Podcast. My name is Johnny the Greek, and this week, Gary is on vacation. Have a good vacation, Gary. We've got special guest host at Roto Heat Craig, Craig Reith of Roto Heat Fantasy, and he's also the host of the IDP Pro Managers Pod, the live show that we do every Friday morning. Craig, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's uh, hard to fill in and try to be Gary, and I'm certainly not going to be able to copy the legend himself, but I'll do my best to fill in and uh, provide some good content here. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Good to have you. Yet yeah, n- none of us can be Gary. He is a uh, force of nature, but we oh, will yeah. try. Uh, we'll get started with a little news as the season approaches. We're getting some more stories here. We'll start with uh, the Patriots, where uh, cornerback Jack Jones was arrested at the airport with two guns and is looking at probably a lengthy suspension this season. But IDP-wise, what I want to know is, does this open the door for Marcus Jones to play or play more snaps? If you all recall last year, this was the corner that last month of the season put up multiple 30 point plus games playing offense playing defense uh scoring touchdowns on offense while being designated an idp cornerback this guy was just a monster uh craig did you have any shares of this guy last year i did i had picked up marcus in a couple spots earlier on he wasn't getting used a whole lot i didn't you know have him out there when he actually mattered i think it could be an interesting opportunity for him but certainly, you know, they still have Jonathan Jones and they drafted Christian Gonzalez early. So I think they have enough other depth parts. And it seems like Bill Belichick, at least last we saw, hadn't made up his mind what he even wants to do with Marcus Jones. So he's probably more of a hold and see if you already have him. But suspension does come out. And we've seen other sports like the NBA start to come down hard on people with his gun stuff. If that happens here, it certainly would give him more of an opportunity. Absolutely, man. And, and the, the people last year that were pointing towards him playing offense as a value, I mean, he played a handful of snaps across those three games. He just got lucky with a bomb touchdown. So I, I'd really want him more for the IDP aspect. And as we know from the Patriots, they do not like to set things in stone. That's for yeah. sure. Piece of news, Rashawn Gary still not completely rehabbed from that ACL last year. So it's a question mark uh, as to when he'll get back you know, and play this season. I believe that happened last November, so mid to late part of the season. Not great. Are, are you picking up Rashawn Gary anywhere in redraft? Are you steering clear? How are you handling this? If he falls a good few rounds a lot later than he probably should be going if he was completely healthy, and I think that I have enough depth to hang on to him, sure. You know, it depends on how deep that bench is because I don't think at this point he's someone you're going to be able to expect to go out there and put up the numbers that we saw that he was doing you know, when he had that big season in Green Bay or what was going to be that big season. And the Packers have their edge type of guys, so they're going to have people that they can plug in there. They don't have to rush him along, and I bite all the comments out of there. I don't think they're just walking in expecting Jordan Lowe to be a Aaron Rodgers replacement. It would probably be rough going at the start. So I don't see a reason they would rush it with him. So he's probably someone for me. I'd more keep an eye on and redraft and be looking to pick up off of waivers when someone drops him or if he doesn't get drafted for when there's better news coming out of Green Bay. Yeah, I think you made a great point right there. This feels like a guy in a lot of redraft leagues that you might be able – it was like Chase Young last year. You might be able to pick him up 
when he gets healthy, have him be a bye week or an injury replacement type guy, and, and that'd be perfect. But I'm, I'm probably not paying much for him up front with this news here. Last piece of news, Chuck Clark. It is official. It is an ACL tear. He will miss the season. This is the starting safety, other starting safety, next to Jordan Whitehead for the Jets. Uh, that means Adrian Amos, who they just recently picked up, is currently listed as a starter. Uh, I looked at the depth chart before we kicked off here. It, it's probably going to be Adrian Amos. There ain't much there. If you're in a league that's really tackle-based, I would have some interest in him. You know, he's had good seasons for the past whatever it was four years with green bay he was at 80 or more combined tackles and it's not going to be the exact same system or anything like that but he's going to be the veteran sort of in that secondary that they had brought chuck clark in to be quite frankly and just replacing him sort of one for one he's a guy that's been around for like eight years he knows the role he knows how to be a leader back there he fit well and last year he had even over 100 combined tackles it's a really talented secondary yeah, I mean, he's fine if you're taking him late and expecting him maybe to be your third, and if things go really well, second defensive back, great. But I don't think you can walk into this just expecting him to be putting up DB2 numbers for you on your fantasy team. Yeah, that's a great point there. This is this is not Green Bay, and in, in that situation, he was more of a strong safety tackle guy, box type guy, and we, we don't really know what he's going to be for New York here. So, yeah, I'm with you. I would safety three, safety four, DB three, DB four. I'd be a okay with that. But uh, yeah, you don't want to don't want to count on them here. And that is it for news. So this week we've got some pretty cool segments for you. We're going to do our season predictions. Uh, other places call it the hot takes. We're, we're just going to call <laughs> it. We're just going to call it predictions because uh, <laughs> we don't we don't like the hot takes here. What good is football content if it doesn't cover both sides of the ball? The SGPN IDP pros have you covered on defense, but we have more to offer than just IDP. Check out our flagship podcast, the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast with Emerson Beery and Justin Bruni. Follow that up with a chaser of old-fashioned football with your hosts, Justin and Miranda Mark. All of the SGPN podcasts pride themselves on their actionable content. They bring the research and analysis you need to win. So help support SGPN and download the SGPN app and catch all of our premium football content. IDP Pros podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by Bird Dogs. What activity are you planning on doing in your Bird Dogs this summer? Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dogs make you look good. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs use anti stink, sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Head on over to birddogs.com backslash pool and enter the promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com backslash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. That we promise you. So let's pick it up with our first prediction segment. We're going to talk about our overall number ones. We'll start at defensive end edge. And for this, we're including those outside linebacker pass rush guys. These are your sack guys. That's what we're looking at here. Craig, who you got at the end of this year? Who do you think the best edge or defensive end is going to be? Yeah, most of these are going to be household names. Nick Bosa is the guy that I had picked. You know, they've even strengthened up that defensive front there with adding Javon Hargrave. And they've got a couple intriguing guys to be opposite him because things haven't, you know, really worked out with having a consistent defensive end opposite him. But guys like Drake Jackson, maybe they can squeeze something out of Clellan Farrell on a rotational basis since he's not actually being counted on and really nothing expected out of him. I think they'll figure it out with Armstead, Hargrave, and then Bosa. But Bosa's just a monster, and I don't think that offense – since it doesn't seem like they have quarterback figured out, is going to be on the field as much and as productive early on, which I think is going to give him a chance for even more production. He's fine tackler too, but he's going to get you those big plays. So you're not going to get any crazy takes out of us for most of these. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty simple explanation for him. Down, down. 
Great call here. And this was the sacks later last year. Uh, you know, he crushed it. Can't go wrong with Nick Bosa. I went Max Crosby, just, just assuming that, you know, maybe you're in a league where tackles count a little bit more, but I'd be happy with either of these guys. Crosby's coming off of a 80-plus combined tackle season, plus, uh, you know, a whole bunch of sacks as well. So it, I think he's good for that cross-section of tackles and sacks, but in a big play league, you want Bosa, absolutely. That's that's what I would agree with. And uh, in regards to Crosby, the Raiders addressed this a little bit with Tyree Wilson and the draft. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of draft capital for an edge rusher. So hopefully they didn't screw it up like the last few times they uh, have tried. We'll we'll see. It's still the Raiders. There's always that chance. That's right. It's still the Raiders. So who knows? But uh, they are trying to address it. So that's what we got for our defensive ends. Let's move on to defensive tackle. Craig, who you got for DT? I'm going with one of my favorite guys who still, you know, just name out there wise, recognition flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, he missed a couple of games last year, uh, but he sort of does about everything you'd want from the defensive tackle position. He gets you sacks, you know, he had seven and a half, nine tackles for a loss last year with 54 combined tackles. He's active in getting his hands up in the passing lanes too. I mean, he's had five, six, and seven pass deflections the past three years. I think the defense is going to be ready to take a step forward. They got some nicer pieces, some guys coming back being healthy. Plus, I think they're going to be on the field quite a bit. As much as Derrick Henry has been a focal point there, quarterback doesn't seem to be sorted out. The wide receivers at the moment aren't completely great. He's going to be on the field as long as he's healthy. We've known he's had the talent since he got drafted. You know, he fell a little bit because of injury and then some character concerns, but he had a real shot to be a top five guy in that draft class. And when he's healthy and on the field, he's just a beast. And I think and hoping this is a year that he takes a step forward because he's still young. I mean, he's only going to be 26 this year. Yeah, absolutely. This has been the heir apparent. Uh, Him or the guy I picked, Quentin Williams, have been the heir apparent for defensive tackle as the the Aaron Donald replacement, so to speak, is the best DT for the last couple of years here. And and in my opinion, anyway, it's a coin flip. I'd be happy with either Quentin Williams of the Jets who's coming off of a double-digit sack season uh, and missed a couple games with that as well. Uh, so, you know, that we still haven't seen his ceiling yet. Or Jeffrey Simmons, who also was a little bit banged up last year, but still was massively productive when he was in there. I, I think the trick with either of these guys is just getting a full season out of them. And, and if we do, we're going to see pretty close to Aaron Donald-type numbers, I think. Yeah, and when Robert Sala took over that job with the Jets, you know, one of the big things he talked up was how excited he was to have Quentin Williams on there and how he could unleash him. And like you said, we saw some of that last year, but I agree. There's still another level that he can get to. And after having such a big season last year, same system, a lot of the same pieces around him, and hopefully a better offense to give them you know, some more of those pass rushing opportunities. I really do think he could take a step forward. So I, I tried not to go the exact same guy that you did for most of these. Some of them I couldn't, but uh, yeah, it was, like you said, it's a coin flip for these two. Good call there and good call on the, uh, the offensive situation for the jets as well. It's going to be night and day. they will probably be a good chunk of games. They get out in front this year and enforce the other team into passing situations. And that opens up the pass rush. That that's good stuff. On the ball. Alrighty, let's move on to inside linebacker or in otherwise known as combined tackle linebacker. These are the guys where your tackles are the vast majority of your points, not sacks or splash plays. Uh, Craig, who you got for that? It's a cheap answer. I mean, it was kind of one out of three guys, and I went with Roquan Smith here. You know, he picked up exactly where he left off, which is a bit unique from when he went from the Bears to the Ravens, it was just sort of like he went in the exact same system, just a different jersey as far as his production. And he's just a beast when he's out there. You can tell he's happy to be in Baltimore. Baltimore is going to have an offense that has stuff figured out, so you're going to see some of more of those big play opportunities for him too because he is able to get after the quarterback. He's made big plays. He's not just a tackle guy, but you look at his tackle numbers, he's always right up there near the top since he's been in the league. So, again, one with an easy answer. Yeah, great answer there. Roquan, what's beautiful about him is he'll get you that excellent tackle floor, but then he'll get you a pick or he'll get you a sack or a forced fumble. He's always coming up with those splash plays. That's a great answer. Uh, I am going against the odds here. I'm going to say Foyer Aluakon for a third year in a row, which is not statistically likely, although it has happened. I looked this up. 
in the past 25 years, there have been a couple guys that have repeated back-to-back years and still been good that third year. Uh, the names aren't going to surprise you, though. It's guys like Luke Keekley and uh, Patrick Willis and guys like that. But uh, Foyer's had numbers very similar to those guys uh, the last couple of years here, and I don't see that much has changed. If anything, there's more uncertainty at that linebacker position next to him than there was last year when we thought it was set in stone after the draft. So I, I feel like he's secure, and as long as he's healthy, he's locked in for another really good season. Yeah, he's the, sort of the unquestioned leader of that team on defense. He's the guy in the middle. He's directing plays. But he's also, like I said, just been a beast going back to when he had the chance in Atlanta, had the great year, and then went over to Jacksonville. So I expect him to be good for another few years, but definitely this year. He is as good a shot of any of these guys at the top of repeating. Two really good choices right there. Uh, let's have a look at safety. Craig, who you got for safety one? Another cheap answer, uh, but it's all based on health. Derwin James, you know, he's your prototypical today's safety in the NFL. He can do literally everything that you want. He's an amazing athlete. He has great intelligence. He always puts himself in the right position. Just going to be, is his body going to let him be out there enough to produce at that high level for 17 games? If he is, when he's out there, you're going to love it. If he gets hurt, it's like, well, you're sort of baking that into the cost of going to acquire Derwin James. You know that's a possibility with him. So love the guy. He's my safety one in redraft and dynasty, so worth the shout-out. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great answer. And and I've even been using the phrase the last, I don't know, a couple months, Derwin James' role. It feels like he has his own role because he's not just a safety. He does a little bit of everything. And oh, yeah that mix and match really gives him a, a beautiful stat line uh, across the board, which is always nice for IDP production. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Jalen Petrie. This was a, in a lot of formats, the safety one last year. Yep. I, I don't see, I just don't see much changing there. There's still, I mean, they've addressed the offense somewhat in the draft, but it's a rookie quarterback. They're not going to be that much better. They're not going to suddenly be the best in the league at time of possession or, uh, you know, offense or anything. Um, so he'll be on the field a lot and he'll score a lot of points. So that that's my shot, Jalen Petrie. The IDP Pros Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite Major League Baseball and College Baseball player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and active in so many states. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. I like Petrie, and certainly he showed it last year. I'm sure you and Gary have talked about it too. It's just a matter of how much is that defense going to be better under D'Amico Ryans because if he does start shaping them up year one, where the defensive line holds up more, those linebackers actually make the plays instead of letting literally everything get back to the safeties, both of them, that it did last year. I think his, his splash plays might go up a little bit for opportunity, but in terms of tackles, I think whether it's this year or in the next couple of years, that's got to come down at some point because they're going to figure out, you would think with D'Amico there, that linebacking core who's going to absorb more of those tackles. That's a great point there. The the only other factor I was looking at with this was he missed a ton of tackles his first year, and D'Amico will probably help him him with that as well. So it could even out a little bit, but I I think you're right. That Texans defense is going to get a lot better. Uh, All right, and let's look at cornerback, the redheaded stepchild of IDP. Who you got? (laughs) I'm going out on a limb here. Um, but it's not always a big name that ends up being the cornerback one, and you know that you know better than anyone. I'm going with Diamador Lenore, cornerback for the San Francisco 49ers. So he's uh, going into his third year. He's a fifth-round pick in 2021, started 13 out of 17 games last year, and he did all right, you know, 17 combined tackles, had some big plays with pass deflections, tackles for a loss. He performed much better, actually, going into the end of the season and then in the playoffs. Unfortunately, you probably remember, but, you know, picking off uh, Dak Prescott last year. He's just a guy that is on the up and up, and I think he's going to take another step forward. I know the coaching staff there is really excited about him, and they've had luck turning relatively unknown quarterbacks into productive players. So, Davis Ward, sort of the guy there at cornerback right now, and they're looking, and it seems like they're going to give this guy the shot. So, 
planting my flag on Lenore this year for a cornerback. I actually really like that quite a bit because if you look at the San Fran cornerbacks, the uh, the two starters, the two hundred percent of snap guys, they've been really productive the last couple of years. And with Emmanuel Mosley kind of exiting the scene, uh, Lenoir should be locked in. I, I like that quite a bit. That's good stuff. I went with Nate Hobbs just simply for the fact that when he is healthy, when he is playing, he's massively productive. And the division he's in is just so productive in terms of the passing game. Yep. It, it gives gives him a nice floor. And they play half their games indoors, which which helps a bit as well. But like Craig, Craig said, um, the, you, who the hell knows at, at this position? We have, we're just shots in the dark. <laughs> it's the nature of the beast. Hey, all you crazy IDP fans. We are hosting the IDP Pros Breast Cancer Awareness Giveaway, where you can win a Roquan Smith Baltimore Ravens jersey. All you have to do to enter is donate $3 or more to any nationally recognized cancer organization and post a pic of your donation with the hashtag IDPROS. That's hashtag IDPPros. The drawing will be held on August 24th, Find more information on this podcast Twitter page or on any of your favorite IDP Pros accounts. Enter today and help us bring cancer to its knees. All righty, let's pick it back up. And the next segment we're going to look at is the best value. So price for production. Who are the guys? And, and quite frankly, these are the guys that win you your league, right? These are the guys that you get them a little bit later. You get a deal. They end up being really good. And these are the guys that help you win. So we're going to go right back down the list, but looking at value instead of big, you know, the best, so to speak, uh, starting back at defensive end, who you got? Going with Daniil Hunter, you know, he's a guy that you know, had a breakout a few years ago. It might even be four years ago now. And uh, he just seems to be undervalued by not only the NFL, but by fantasy players. He's rarely mentioned anymore as one of the top guys at the edge position. He's going later than drafts and a lot of guys I'm seeing him go after. And I know he'll be touched on later here, but he's going later than Joey Bosa. And I don't think there's any way that, you know, he should be going later than a guy that can barely keep on the field every other year. He's been super productive. It appears he's going to be the main pass rusher again in Minnesota, although he might get moved. He's on a super cheap contract. He's owed like $5 million this year. But for the production that you get out of him going later than these studs and some rather questionable guys in my mind when he should be at the top, I'm loving taking him when a lot of people have already taken their first edge player as a guy that could end up being the edge one. Yeah, that's a great point. I do not understand the disrespect. This guy was talked about as maybe being the DE1 as recently as a couple of years ago. And this blew my mind. I saw this the other day on Twitter. Uh, he's being taken as the DL31 in Sleeper ADP. That That is wild. This is a guy that's top five easy. That That's a great answer right there. Down, down. On the ball. Uh, and I went with a very similar answer. His teammate from last year, Zadarius Smith, who I think is just moving to an ideal situation with Miles Garrett on the other side in Cleveland. Uh, he'll have plenty of chances to, to rush the passer. He won't get as many double teams. Whether or not we believe that's real or not, that's, you know, one of the arguments or discussions in the IDP community. Uh, I think it can't hurt, right? Having uh, oh, Miles yeah. Garrett taking up some space on the other side. Uh, and Zadarius is a lock for double digit sacks when he plays, uh, you know, upwards of uh, 15, 16 games. Uh, so that's, that's my guy. Yeah. He's been undervalued pretty much since he left green Bay. Cause you know, he got hurt and then he was you know going to be across from Hunter and there's an uncertainty and going to Cleveland. I think people forget that being across, like you said, for miles Garrett is a great thing because he's drawing most of the attention and you have a guy that, you know, I think he had like 16 some sacks a couple of years ago, or it was close to it. He he can just be as good as Garrett in terms of stat wise at the end of the year. So I like that one a lot. Yeah, a couple great options right there. You can get uh, for a pretty good price right now. That's for sure. Let's have a look at defensive tackle. Who you got for best value defensive tackle? So this is a guy that's uh, being forgotten about, and you know sometimes you see guys break out and then not do a whole lot or sort of regress back to how they had been in prior years. Could be an option here, but Grover Stewart is a guy that really stood out to me, and he's my pick here. He's not even being drafted in some leagues still. Like 
he's not like super old. You know, he's not a young guy here either, but he's going to be 30 this year. It's fine for a defensive tackle. He got new tackles in years past too. I mean, he's had it last year. He had 44 solo tackles previously. He had had 40, he had a down year in 2021, but he has a really good defensive line around him too. Not on the same level as what Cleveland has, but being next to DeForest Buckner's good. They got a nice set of rotational pass rushers and he's just going to be asked to be in the middle absorb those tackles, and then get you a few of those big plays. And based off of what we saw with him last year, it's going to have the same guys around him. I'm willing to bet on him when he's basically free. Yeah, the price on him is unreal. Undrafted in a lot of places for a guy that had, I think it was pushing like 80 combined tackles last year and four and a half or five sacks. That's insane. Yeah. That's a beautiful answer. I, I'm going to go Christian Wilkins, and it, people are starting to catch up on this. I've seen him going as one of the first few defensive tackles in a few places th- this season, but it's it's not caught on everywhere, and it, his value is simply he is a tackle monster. I, I don't know why, but the last couple few seasons he's had all, you know, last year was almost 90, I think, combined tackles as a defensive tackle, which is insane. And he's done this more than once. This is a somewhat routine thing for him. And a weird, weird, weird side like uh, bonus thing with him is he occasionally big fat guy touchdown. He had a big fat guy touchdown last year or the year before. Uh, you know, it was like half an inch to score and they just pushed him over the middle. So uh, I'll take that too. Yeah, I, he didn't even come to mind to me, honestly, just because of how high I have him in my defensive tackle rankings. I have him way up there, but you're right. If you look at you know the industry, they haven't completely caught up to him. And then you want to talk about the casuals, uh, not even all of them, because, of course, if the industry isn't, that's where they get most of the info from. Uh, he's going a lot later than he should be. So Wilkins is just a stud, and hopefully um, people will catch on to him. Yeah, a couple great options right there. Let's look at inside linebacker. Who you got for best value inside linebacker? Doing my best uh, Gary impression now here. I got to bring up Ernest Jones. So he's a guy that last year he was playing second fiddle to Bobby Wagner after everyone had had hope for him. He only played around 66% of the defensive snaps for the Rams, but still had 114 combined tackles. Had a few big plays in there. Towards the end of the season when they were just shutting stuff down and Wagner wasn't always playing, we sort of got a glimpse of what we thought we were going to have out of Ernest Jones. He's still going a lot later in drafts because he doesn't have that name cachet that people just love. He's going into a spot that just has those tackles funneled to him. And we've seen guys like Corey Littleton you know, get massive contracts because of how well they did in that system. Ernest is probably the most talented guy they've had outside of Bobby Wagner there. So I fully expect him to end up as a linebacker one this year if he's healthy and he's still going. I mean, in some of the places I looked, you know, in the thirties or forties for linebackers being taken. Yeah, that's insane, man. Availability is the best ability. This guy's going to be a three down linebacker in an era where they are disappearing. They, they are going out of fashion and uh, you're right that that Ram system has produced some massive numbers before. That's a great answer. Uh, my guy is going to be Eric Kendricks, and I, I don't get it. I, I mean, it's age. I get that. But a lot of redraft leagues, I don't know why he's – or best ball even that I'm in right now. I, he's not going as early as I would think. This is a guaranteed 100% of snaps guy that is probably more talented than Drew Tranquil, and we saw what Drew Tranquil did with that last year. So it, it – it makes sense to me. It, it really is just an age thing. And then, you know, he's not the shiny new thing. People are used to seeing the name. They're sort of like, all right, you know, this is what we get out of him. He's not exciting and fun. But he's going to a situation where he should be a three-down guy, like you had just mentioned about Jones. But with the Chargers for Kendricks, he's a veteran and a defense that needs that leadership from that position and a steady hand. And I see that I believe he's going to be that for him too. So I thought that was a great pick. All right, let's look at safety. Who you got for safety best value? Talk about uh, someone that's uh, undervalued as well, because that's, of course, what we're talking about here, obviously, Craig. But uh, Kevin Byard's another guy that just doesn't get the respect that, in my mind, he should. He's basically been playing every game for the Titans since he became a full-time starter in 2017, and he hasn't had fewer than 84 combined tackles. I love to see that consistent tackle production out of that safety position, but he also gets you big plays there. You know, he's had years of double-digit pass deflections. He's had years of 
eight, four, five, one, and then five, four interceptions. So it just isn't one thing that he does for him. I don't think they completely have that defense sorted out. You know, that linebacker position, whether injuries or new guys being slotted in is a question mark. So for a guy that once again, he's going as like a DB three in a lot of drafts and he could end up as a DB one. Love the value on him. Yeah, this is a great answer. I, I don't understand this either. Th- this guy has always been a top 12 safety in terms of IDP production. And he's just, a, maybe it is age. He's not that old, though. I don't know what it is. The contract dispute, he's going to play. So I don't get it. But, yeah, this is a great answer. I like that. I'm going to go with Grant Delpit. Younger guy, 2021 Cleveland, only got to start seven games. We saw a glimpse of what he was capable of. Last year, he finally became a starter, and he gave us uh, 105 combined tackles plus, uh, you know, double-digit pass defenses and four picks. That's a beautiful thing. If we can even get 85 90% of that for the price this guy is right now, where I'm getting him as a safety, I don't know, three or four in best ball. So in redraft, that's probably a safety too. That That's not bad at all. I'll take that. Yeah, he was a high draft pick, and people forget when he came out because he got hurt right away. He kind of got forgotten about. And the other thing about the Browns, they've shored up their defensive front. You know, we talked about Zadarius Smith earlier. I think it was Delvin Tomlinson that they got there just to, you know, to take up some of those blockers and be eating up that space so the linebackers get room to make plays. But we still haven't seen a consistent player because of injuries and then just bad play in that linebacking group for Cleveland in a long time. So you see a guy like Grant Delpit have that opportunity to come in there and eat up those tackles. He's a hard hitter. He was a great player at LSU. And if he's going to be healthy and have that chance to start all year, yeah, again, another guy that could easily be a defensive back one this year. Yeah, and I think you got a great point about the, the Browns linebacker situation. That is not resolved still. It's it's still a mess. So, you know, he, he could definitely have the same kind of cleanup role this year. Uh, all righty, moving on to corner, best value at quarterback. Another guy not being drafted much at all that since he went to Green Bay, he, uh, you know, he bounced around all over the place, practice squads and everything. But in 2021, he went to Green Bay, had a nice season in 12 games. And then last year, he started 12 out of 17 games. He had 85 combined tackles, 13 pass deflections, four interceptions, a few tackles for a loss. Razul Douglas is going to be starting again for him. And he's not a guy that I'm worried about that, you know, he's going to get his position on the field and not give an effort. He's had to fight for literally everything that he's got in this league because of, you know, just being bounced around and not being on teams, but practice squads. He's earned it, and he's just a great player in terms of cornerback consistency. If you're going to go drafting a cornerback, he's someone that I want where I know I'm going to get those tackles and that effort from. Yeah, I love this pick. He also he also gets the lesser of two evils effect, I call this. I don't know if it's real, but it's real in my mind, where with Jair Alexander on the other side, opposing quarterbacks, look over that way, see Jair Alexander, and think twice about throwing over there. Yep. So Razul tends to get targeted a little bit more, and that's beautiful production. We'll take that. Uh, so my value corner is going to be Roger McCreary. This is a guy that got hot last year, and you know a few people – a few degenerates picked him up and, and streamed him in the right situations, but he's going to be a full-time starter for Tennessee this year. He was last year, uh, and their cornerback core has not improved. So so his slot will be there. He's coming off of 84 combined tackles, eight pass defense, and a pick. And I, I think this is just a guy you can get extremely late in cornerback-specific leagues uh, that's going to give you you know at least that, at least 80 combined tackles, and that's that's a beautiful thing. We'll take that. Yeah, another guy that doesn't have the name recognition for the production that he gives you, which is exactly what you want to be looking for in a cornerback when you're picking one up or drafting one late that, you know, he's going to be out there because, again, that position is a mess. The guys can't stay healthy. They have guys coming in, coming out there. They don't have it figured out at all. But he's a guy with what they showed last year is going to have a shot this year. So good pick. What good is fantasy football content if it doesn't cover both sides of the ball? The SGPN IDP pros have you covered on defense, but we have more to offer than just IDP. Check out the 3D Dynasty podcast with Dave and Brad. That's right. The dude, the dork, and the dynasty. And follow that up with Heroes and Villains featuring Justin Bruni and Andrew Robb. 
All of the SGPN Fantasy Football podcasts pride themselves on their actionable content. They bring the research and analysis you need to win your leagues. So help support SGPN and download the SGPN app and catch all of our premium fantasy football content. All righty, let's move on to our next segment. We're going to look at uh, yearly awards. We'll start with Defensive Player of the Year predictions. Who you got for that, Craig? Um, I'm just going to be a homer because I know that he's going for it. Um, Micah Parsons, he's used all over. Sort of, He's similar, if you want to talk about a linebacker defensive end, to a Derwin James in the secondary where he just gets used all over. He can go out and he can cover tight ends. He can hold up against running backs. I mean, he's everything that you would want in a front seven guy in today's NFL because he can do it all. And he's driven, you know, I think fallen to where he did in the draft from once upon time being viewed as a top five pick, you know, falling down to, I think, was it 12 the Cowboys got him? Might have been even a little bit later than that. Um, He's shown everything that you want out of him. He's gotten better each year. And he's the unquestioned defensive leader at this point. And this is one of the things that he wants to be is the defensive player of the year. So give me Micah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. And I can say with certainty that the vast majority of offseason best balls I've done, Micah Parsons has been the number one pick in all IDP best ball. Yep. Uh, rightfully so. Uh, I'm going to go Miles Garrett. And this is based off something Gary Davenport said. Statistically, Miles Garrett's had a good chance to be the sack leader in the defensive player of the year the last, I don't know how many years, and it hasn't happened. Uh, so I think it's likely to happen in our it, at some point here. And with Zedarius going over there, their defense getting shored up a little bit. I think this might be the year. So I'm going to take Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's a great guess, and his stats are going to be up there if he's healthy. The only concern I have about him, because this is the stuff that people vote on, does he have a little bit of that negative name recognition with him, sort of like, you know, an Indomitian Sioux years ago where they think he's a head case and a hothead. You know, he has some attitude. He talks in the media sometimes more than you want. So maybe people aren't going to vote for him. Unfortunately, Micah could end up like that too. I mean, he's another outspoken guy like a lot of these big names are. He just hasn't had that big issue like Miles Garrett did years ago. So is that going to hold it up? I don't know, but you've seen, you know, Baseball Hall of Fame, you know, talk about a different sport where people don't get it, or even the Pro Football Hall of Fame where, you know, this guy was a punk to the reporters, so they're not going to vote for him, which is absurd and not something we need to go on a tangent for. But that's my concern if I'm putting my name on Miles there. That That's a great concern, and you're right, because it's more than one thing. It's it's the helmet over the head, and then it's the driving like an idiot through Cleveland, uh, getting a 120-mile-per-hour-plus accident and speeding tickets multiple he needs to clean up his act a little bit, no doubt. But I, I, I think this could be the year. Hopefully it all comes together. We shall see, though. That's yeah. a great point. All right, sack leader. Who you got for sack leader? Uh, and going back to sort of my cheap answers here, but TJ Watt, I think he's going to be driven to come back after his just poor last year. I, I was surprised looking back at how many games he played in. I mean, he was in double-digit years, or excuse me, double-digit games last year, but you wouldn't know it from the production that you were used to seeing out of him. And he was just banged up, and then when he got on the field, he was getting back to being healthy. He's going to be driven. You know the Watt brothers from seeing from seeing J.J. out there on the Texans all those years, and then even past the point when he was able to, still pushing his body to get out there. And I do think the Steelers are going to have a better team this year. Still got some questionable offensive lines in that division. So give me a T.J. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. The, the caveat is how many games does he play? If he plays yep. like like 15, 16, 17 games, he's the sack leader, and he's probably defensive player of the year as well. Uh, it's just that the damn guy just can't stay on the field for whatever reason. Yep. But, yeah, if he does, he is. It's that simple. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Miles Garrett. Same reasoning as defensive player of the year. I think this is the year it comes together. So let's move on to defensive rookie of the year. And I think we got the same answer. Who you got? Yeah, Will Anderson Jr. You know, they look at guys that are making big plays. You're not going to get the super consistent tackler at linebacker and getting you a defensive rookie of the year. You want someone that's making splash plays. And Will Anderson, he has that talent from college. Super smart guy that's going to get you big plays. But he also does tackle, which is just going to help his numbers when you look at him across the board. And D'Amico Rines is going to find ways to put him in a position to succeed. And 
like you said, that offense is going to be just better enough that it, they're going to have more opportunities this year to get to the quarterback. If he's healthy, a caveat for all these guys, I think the money, easy money's got to be on him. Yep, I am in full agreement. And uh, it, I, I think, you know, another popular one has been uh, Jalen Carter, but we saw this recently with uh, the, the other recent rookie the Eagles took. Um, his name Jordan, Jordan, Davis. Jordan Thank you, Jordan Davis. Yep. Uh, it, it takes a while for defensive tackle to develop. It takes a while for defensive tackle to get the playing time. Just in general, that's a hard position to, to master and to figure out. It's like the tight end of defense. It, it is not something you just plug in and go with. So I don't think it's going to be Jalen Carter. And then the cornerbacks, they're they're popular as well. But Devin Witherspoon's got to get past Mike Jackson first. And he was pretty damn good last year. So I don't know if Devin Witherspoon's starting week one. So I, I think just odds-wise, it's got to be Willie Anderson. That's the best option. So I'm with you there 100%. Let's look at the next one. We've got combined tackles leader at the end of the year. Who do you think it'll be, Craig? Yeah, a lot of interesting options here for this one. I'm taking a guy going through a change of scenery, Bobby Okariki going from the Colts to the Giants this year. We saw Bobby the past two years, you know, 132 and 151 combined tackles on the Colts. That was with other productive tacklers there. And this time he's going to the Giants where we've seen guys like Blake Martinez most recently just eat with behind that really nice defensive line that they have there. And then again, just funnels those tackles to that position. They just haven't had great linebackers to take advantage of it. So I think plugging him in there, you're going to have a great opportunity to get tackles off of him this year. Yeah. I love that pick. I think Okariki's in for a massive season. That is a great pick. I'm going to go a little wacky here. I'm going to go Alex Singleton just based off what we saw last year, the, the 70, 80% of snaps, uh, he was getting the second half of the season, assuming he keeps that up. So the last three years, this guy started 12 games last year, gave us 163 combined tackles. He started eight games the year before, gave us 137 combined tackles. He started 11 games the year before that, 120 combined tackles. If he gets enough playing time, the guy is an absolute tackle machine. So I'm just hoping he gets the playing time. He was actually going to be my pick, but again, I wanted to try to go someone different that I thought was similarly had a chance to to do it. But yeah, Singleton, for how much he's played, the amount of tackles that he got last year uh, was ridiculous. And that's just, again, a high effort guy that isn't going to give you much besides tackles. But if you're looking for tackles, he will get you those. Yeah, absolutely. The tackle king. Uh, all right. And last award category here. So comeback player of the year. And it's interesting. We have the same answer here. And I was looking at the sports book odds for this for making a bet. And there's one guy that's minus 300 and everyone else is at least plus a thousand. Who's that one guy, Craig? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of almost by default have to be Damar Hamlin, assuming that he does come back and play next year and you know have that opportunity to be on the field. I did want to go with the defensive player. Just turned out that that was the best option too. I think got to throw a little dirty O because uh, Gary's not in here. Another guy on offense because if he ends up starting and does well, actually on that team, uh, John Mechie the third would be another great story coming back from the cancer that he had. So didn't want to go with offense on here, but he was the other guy I was looking at out of the two. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. He's another guy that had good odds because, I mean, the comeback player of the year is a story, basically. That's what they're yep. looking for. And there's no better story than Damar Hamlin literally coming back from the dead to play football. IDP Pros Podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by Bird Dogs. What activity are you planning on doing in your Bird Dogs this summer? Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dogs make you look good. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs use anti stink, sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Head on over to birddogs.com backslash pool and enter the promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com backslash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. That we promise you. All right, let's look at 
some division winner in Super Bowl predictions. And then if we got a, a little extra time, we'll circle back on some more players. Let's go division by division here, starting with the NFC East. Craig, who you got taking the East? I mean, we're both Cowboys fans. It's going to hurt us, but if we're looking at it objectively, it's got to be the Eagles. You know, I think the Cowboys are a clear number two. Coaching is just a huge differentiator. Mike McCarthy has never been a great coach, and I don't see that turning around now. I think he's still going to be doing enough boneheaded stuff to hurt the Cowboys, so it's the Eagles. Yep, we're both Cowboys fans, but we're both realist slash I'm a pessimist Cowboys fan, so I took the Eagles as well. Uh, NFC West. This one was a little bit harder. It was basically a toss-up between Seattle and the 49ers. It really comes down to, do you believe in Shanahan figuring out that quarterback position out of the three guys that they have there? All three have concerns looking at Darnold, Lance, and Purdy, whether it's injuries, injuries and just not playing, and then being Sam Darnold. I think he'll be able to cobble something together with a team that they have around him. Great offensive line, great offensive weapons, superb defense, possibly the best defense in the league. So I think that's enough to push him over Seattle for me. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. I've also got the 49ers. Darnold just needs to game manage, run the ball, play defense. They'll win 12 games, win the division. Easy. Uh, here's an interesting one, NFC North. And I'm kind of hoping, I'm kind of wishing I had taken your answer here. Who you got? I live in Wisconsin and it's not because I'm a Packers fan. Cause we discussed, I'm a Cowboys fan and I just hear way too much about the Packers, but I, I'm not necessarily buying into the Jordan love hype right now, but they do have like a great team around him. He's in a great position to succeed. They've invested in some offensive weapons. They're going to be able to run the ball. They got a nice offensive line. And then the amount that they've invested in that defense and just high end talent and productive players, Minnesota's a mess. They're trying to rebuild. Maybe, maybe not. The bears just still aren't there yet. They're going to be feistier. And then it's, do you believe in the lions? I like the lions a lot. I really wish they would have made the playoffs last year. I think they probably do this year. I just can't get over the fact that they're still the Lions, and it feels like something's going to go wrong with the Lions. So I'm going with the Packers. Yeah, and uh, I wish I had not done this so fast the other day because I'd agree with you because the Packers just figure it out, man. Like, they've had two quarterbacks in the last 25-plus years because they don't screw that position up. Yeah, They they get it right. So I would tend to think Jordan Love's going to be A-OK, and he did it the right way. He learned behind Rodgers. He sat for a couple years. Uh, they didn't just throw him into the fire. So if I had to pick today, I'd say the Packers. I did say the Lions, though, but you got a good point. Something's going to go wrong, so I'm changing my answer. I'm going Packers. All right, let's look at the NFC South. Who you got there? Again, this was just another mess of one where it could be any of these teams. You know, like Tampa Bay, I think, still has the best defense in the division, but that cornerback position, you talk about a mess. You know, Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield, a, I don't know how you can trust either one of them. Then Carolina, New Orleans, or Atlanta. Atlanta, if they had a quarterback, I would love them just because of the weapons that they have and they've done enough to improve. But I'm going with the Panthers. They still have a really nice defense there overall full of young guys. And then they've done enough to improve that offense that I'll I'll go with the Panthers here. But it it was a toss-up kind of between them and your pick. Yeah, this is a messy, messy division, and uh, I think you got a good point on the Panthers. They got a really good run game, a good solid defense. They could, they could keep it together, and make it happen. I'm, I'm going to take the Saints just because that's the odds-on favorite, and uh, that you know that they were the most competitive beyond Tampa Bay last year. So I, I feel like they might be the closest. But that, yeah, that's a toss-up division, no doubt. Let's shift over to the AFC, AFC East. Interesting. We have the same answer here. Who would you take? Yeah, the Buffalo Bills. You're looking at the other teams. I can't see it being the Jets. Rodgers is just, he's such a weirdo. And yeah, that's fine. But him being in New York seems like it's going to cause just a few problems in a few games for him. Uh, It's not going to be the Patriots. They're just not on the same level as even the Dolphins, who if I had to pick another one, if two is healthy, they're going to have a great shot to unseat Buffalo. But that's enough uncertainty in Buffalo just as an entire team is so well-rounded and explosive and give me Buffalo. I, I agree with you. That it just 
there are too many questions otherwise. It's definitely not the Patriots. Uh, Tua is another concussion away from retirement, maybe. And the Jets, it's the first year with Rodgers there. Maybe next year, not this year. Uh, so I'm with you there. AFC West, I think we both know the answer to that one. It, it's got to be the Chiefs. It, it's not going to be the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers, as much as I'd love to see a good story out of them, they have to prove it, and they just keep screwing something up constantly. And after that mess last year in Denver with a new coach again, I have to imagine they're going to be better, but I don't see them unseating the Chiefs. Yeah, got to be the Chiefs. Can't bet against them. AFC North, we have the same answer here as well. Yeah, so same sort of breakdown. It's not going to be the Browns because the Browns are going to be the Browns. And if there's anything to karma, it wouldn't let them anyway. There's enough issues with the Steelers, specifically a quarterback again. Even linebacker inside there, I'm not completely sold on City Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb, you know, being a better situation there. Still some secondary question marks. It's really between the Bengals and the Ravens. I do like the Ravens a lot, but the Bengals, sort of like the other two teams in the AFC we talked about, they're just really well-rounded with explosive players on both sides of the ball. So give me the Bengals. Yep, I'm with you on that. Got to be the Bengals. Uh, Ravens could give them a run for their money. Steelers, definitely not there yet. Not with uh, small hands at the helm. And and yeah, the Browns, it, I don't know. They have the talent. I just, you know, they're like the Lions of the AFC. They just can't put it together. And last but not least, the AFC South. Who you got for that? Yeah, this was the one that was more of just an interesting mess. So not going to be the Texans. They're just not there yet on both sides of the ball. Tennessee is just, again, like I think falling apart um, sort of on both sides of the ball. They really need to be sort of committing to a rebuild, but it doesn't seem like they are yet, which leaves the Colts and the Jaguars. Jaguars are, if I had to go out and bet on it, I'd put them, but for the sake of being different, I think the Colts have a chance to give them a run for the money. They have some nice players on both sides of the ball. They need Shaq Leonard to be healthy to have those two good linebackers, but they got nice guys on the defensive front line. Some nice guys in the secondary, too, that could uh, – I don't think it's any more up in the air sort of on the defense than the Jaguars. The Jaguars just do have a better offense if you look at the quarterback position and players around them. But if Anthony Richardson can be viable, they're going to give the Jaguars a run for the money. So give me the Colts to be different. I definitely think Colts will be the second-best team in this division. Ja- Jaguars were you know, peaking last year and then added Calvin Ridley. So give me the Jags. But, yeah, that's – who knows on that division also that's that's very close and then super bowl players and winners who you got so it's really hard for me not to put the chiefs in there just because they seem to figure it out every year they continuing to add nice pieces on that defense where it's not a liability like it once was for them and then the 49ers i mean like i said if they can figure out quarterback you mentioned just have a game manager there to get them to the playoffs and then just use the talent around them Give me the 49ers, and I have the Chiefs winning again because it's the easy answer. But until someone unseats them and just you know shows, hey, we're really in the conversation now. We're here to be contended with. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. That was my original answer was uh, Chiefs-Eagles, a rematch. Um, I think the Bengals are their kryptonite, though, and they were so close to taking them out again yeah, last playoffs, too. So, so I think they can maybe nip them this playoffs. Uh, so I'm going to go just for the sake of being different Bengals, uh, Eagles and uh, Eagles win, unfortunately. And uh, that'd be bad for me and Craig, but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Alrighty. And that will do it for us this week. Thank you everyone for listening. Craig, thank you for coming. Uh, you can all please follow him on Twitter at Roto heat. Craig, he's Craig Reith of at Roto heat fantasy, the host of the IDP managers podcast, the live show every Friday morning at 10 AM. Craig, thank you, sir. Yeah. Thanks for having me on Gary. I hope you're having a relaxing vacation, not doing too much work and uh, looking forward to having you back next week. Yes, sir. Yeah. Have a good vacation, Gary. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Have a good one.